0: This is TradeScope, the podcast on trade promotion and revenue growth management. How y'all doing out there? Welcome to another podcast episode from TradeScope. I'm Rob Han, and I am so glad that you decided to come along with me, spend some time, and give me a little bit of your ear for the next several minutes. So here's the news. I am writing a book. My book is about trade promotion and really everything I can think of that revolves around the process of channel incentives management and execution. You know, trade promotion is becoming the primary lexicon of really a myriad of terms for manufacturer supplier offering of money to their channel partner to help them defray the cost of advertising, marketing and promotions of their product to the local community. But that's what it was designed to do. From the early days of cooperative advertising programs as far back as the late 19th century, and I'm not kidding, it does go back that far, to what we call modern trade promotion today, the original concept still holds value. This is still a process of manufacturer supplier giving the retailers, wholesalers, distributors, and value-added resellers money to promote their products. Oh sure, the tactics have certainly expanded and the technology has driven a seriously mad set of innovations, the more than 40 years, I have been involved in this business of channel incentives, and my background and experience spans more than 15 major industries and dozens of lines of business. Still, every single time that I talk with someone about what I do, I have to think about it a bit before I respond so that I can sort of set the stage for what this is and how and why trade promotion exists in the first place. I've addressed crowds all over the world comprised of many different roles and disciplines and in academia, too. The one common takeaway from all of those presentations and speeches is that trade promotion, co-op advertising, market development funds, and other channel incentive offerings that I'm speaking about are difficult to grasp. And I count in that number marketing, sales, and advertising people, financial executives, C-level officers of companies that themselves spend millions, sometimes billions of dollars on trade, co-op, or MDF funds annually. And why is that? In my view, it has always been one of those below-deck operations that few know about and even fewer are involved in. For instance, the sales teams know about the money because they allocated or included into their account planning when they are setting up promotions and costing them out to drive the sell-through or the initial sales deal with the channel customer. They have typically let the retailer deal with the promotion itself. So that's not really been a major area of focus for them, has it? But that is changing. The finance people are involved in the accounting of all this money, but for them, it's about the math and making sure that they can close the month and year with accuracy that too is changing. The marketing people, they grit their teeth when they're hearing about trade promotion money because they believe that they should own those budgets and that they should decide on how that money is spent. And that too is changing. And the CFO knows about it because he or she has to stand before the CEO and or the board of directors to explain why they need so much more money at the end of the year and hope and pray the CEO or someone on the board won't ask them what the ROI of that money really is. That's something we need to fix. And we need to do it so that these guys can actually stand before this group of people and report high ROI with glee and excitement, right? In one of my past projects, I met this guy who had recently graduated with honors from a prestigious university here in the States with a degree in marketing. His first assignment after graduation was as director of his company's trade promotion operations. He didn't know what trade promotion was. He panicked when he was asked by the HR recruiter about it and thought it was something about global shipping or international trade agreements that he had no real understanding of. He had no idea about trade channel promotion. Nowhere in any of his prestigious university coursework or classroom experience such a phrase was ever muttered. The closest he came to it was when he had to do a paper on co-marketing, which is typical joint promotion of two companies like Ford and Michelin Tires or Disney and Coca-Cola or anybody in the National Football League. But that's sad. But if you're a student in college, and I know some of you listening are, ask your professors in marketing, advertising, or any of the promotional arts about trade promotion. See what they know. But don't try to look it up in Amazon or Google to find books on trade promotion, that is, trade channel promotion, because you won't find anything really helpful. Unless, that is, you really are interested in international trade promotion. Look, not only are our universities sadly unable to exploit the tremendous value of trade promotion and include it in their vast curricula, But even those inside the major CPG companies are often sorely lacking in the knowledge of TPX as well. I can't tell you how many times I sit down in a conference room full of executives and operational stakeholders about to jump into a trade promotion initiative of one kind or another and then start off by saying something like, well, you know, we're really unique or what we need is something different from what the other people have. And the way we run our channel promotion business is a little different from everybody else and on and on and on. The truth is, no, you're not. The truth is that there are other companies that experience the same concerns, problems, issues, and barriers you do. But I understand how, especially those seasoned executives and stakeholders who have been in a company for many, many years, think that they do have a unique blend of operational policies and procedures and that their customer base demands something different from all other companies in their industry or their category. It's frustrating for me in some sense as a trade promotion consultant because I end up spending a lot of time kind of holding clinic. Now, don't get me wrong. I love to talk about trade promotion and I love to teach the foundations. But sometimes what you have to do is understand that the basics of trade promotion management and execution, traditional operating paradigms and processes, all are very similar across the entire universe of consumer goods. And these people need to understand that. And I think most of them do. Now, the other thing is, I'm not saying that these folks are completely ignorant of trade promotion. Of course they're not. Also sitting in those rooms are people that came from other organizations, large firms, who do understand. And it's great to have them in there because they validate everything that we say about what the industry is really like. Many of those folks have already been through the battles. They've already understood the issues. And so they are very aware and very keen on the idea of being better than their competition. And they want to bring all the skills and domain expertise that they have to the picture. And that's how we together make this thing work. For more than 20 years, so many of my friends, my colleagues, clients, and analysts have told me that I need to write a book about this. Now, a lot of times people tell you, you need to write a book, and you just kind of laugh it off and walk off and go, yeah, right. I always thanked them for thinking I had it in me. But it wasn't until one of the top industry analysts sat me down and said, Look, Rob, I've been around this world and I've consulted with the biggest and best consumer goods companies and I have seen it all. But you and I have known each other for more than 30 years. And I know you have been through this business up, down, and sideways. And you have a good, solid track record of achievement. You need to write this book and you need to do it soon. Wow. That kind of took me back. I had to think about that one. So last August, during the ugliest time in our planet in centuries, during a global pandemic where the real value of trade promotion, supply chain management, and demand planning were tested, I felt it was time to take my analyst friend up on it. I'm going to give you a little peek about my personal life here. I'm a full-blown ADHD. Okay, you folks out there who know me are having a laugh right now because you're going, yeah, what else do we know that's new? But in truth, you've seen me present, you've seen me excited and unable to stay in my seat much. To think I could sit in front of a laptop and spend hours, days, weeks, and months writing instead of vigorous schedule that I typically have, I had to pause and wonder if I could even pull it off. COVID was upon us, the lockdowns were going on globally, and nobody was jumping on and off of airplanes every day. So I thought, you know what? I can do this. And I have. In October of this year, 2021, my book will be published. It is called the Invisible Economy of Consumer Engagement. It does not have trade promotion in the title, but there's a method to my madness there. Trade promotion is the practice of making money available to the channel to promote products to who? You, me, the consumer, right? We see all of these white papers, blogs, podcasts, webinars, and speeches all on consumer engagement. But at the end of the day, is that what trade promotion is about? could it be about that? Here are some of the numbers that I ran in a survey this time last year to get some idea of the attitudes and understanding of trade promotion from those who work at it every day. I thought this would be a really great place to start my research. So I asked more than 300 executives, almost evenly split between disciplines of sales, marketing, and finance, several questions about their points of view on several different aspects of trade promotion. The very first question, what do you think is the primary purpose of trade promotion funds? Now, I had down five optional responses. A was selling incentive. B was funding retail promotions. C, meet competitive offers. D, consumer engagement. And E, something else to which they had to explain. And here's how it broke down. 44% said sell-in incentive was the primary purpose of trade promotion, sell-in incentive. 33% said funding of the retail promotion. 18% said meeting competitive offers. 2% said consumer engagement. Only 2%. 2% said that consumers had anything to do with trade promotion. 2%. For real? Yeah, for real. So as I began thinking about the structure of the book, and perhaps even the main theme, it occurred to me that if these people responding represented the whole of the executives and stakeholders who understood and or worked within the trade promotion, management, execution, and analytics areas, then no wonder we have such a problem in the recording of high ROI achievement, because we may be missing the point. And I think there is a point here. In fact, breaking down these responses where 44% of the survey respondents thought selling incentive was the primary purpose, 62% of those responses were from the sales organization, of course, and 24% from marketing. Funding retail promotions drew only 28% of the respondents, but 47% of those responses came from marketing. Heck, there were almost as many financial executives agreeing with funding retail promotions as there were sales responses at 25% of the group. And again, only 2% said consumer engagement was the primary reason. What's wrong with this picture? Well, I'll tell you. For many years now, I have been campaigning on the idea that one of the reasons for the failure of trade promotion spending is the lack of alignment between sales, who owns the trade promotion, and marketing, who basically owns, well, the consumer. They have more knowledge of the consumer than salespeople do. And that's not a put down. It's just historical, traditional, honed in belief that trade promotion's primary goal is to get the volume at a good margin in selling. We've talked about this before. And in fact, it's been a theme for me for several years. Now, if you've been paying attention, and I know you have, you can see how trade organizations like Promotion Optimization Institute, Consumer Goods Forum, or Consumer Goods Technology Events have all been pushing more of the narrative that sales and marketing have to work closer in collaboration for promotion planning. In fact, check out their agendas, and yep, you'll see it. Increase topics on marketing and sales alignment and focus on what? The consumer, and specifically the consumer engagement. So, I figured it's a good time in history to shine the light on the knowledge on how trade promotion can be more effective at accelerating the success of consumer engagement for the company. Hey, we've been so heads down on the reengineering and enhancing efficiency and effectiveness of all of the critical processes like funding and planning and, yeah, still, <laughs> deduction management and better overall settlement accounting that we can't seem to see the forest for the trees we're missing the injection of the consumer in each of these processes, as well as the peripheral components of the value chain, like demand planning, logistics, customer service, and analytics. Now, look, I know everybody out there is going to say, no, wait a minute. The whole idea behind demand planning is the consumer demand. But where does it come from? You need to think about that because it's generated from the mathematical probabilities that are gathered from syndicated data providers, which is all good stuff. But it is part of what the idea is that this is how we expect the consumers to respond. Okay, that's good. But is that realistically part of the way a key account manager or sales rep plans a promotion? Is it? So, that all said, I decided that I would write a book about trade promotion with the full focus on the consumer and the ways to improve the engagement at every link in the consumer chain. Oh, and the consumer chain? Well, you'll learn what that is early on in the book so that we can all understand what the targets are and how to achieve each one through each and every functional area within the greater trade promotion process. It's not going to be a book on rocket science, but what you will read is a very practical application across the known TPX universe with a distinct set of definitions and actions to take to ensure accomplishment of all of the key performance indicators we all deal with every day. And then some, as far as I know, there's never been a book like it. And hopefully this will spur many, many more books like it in the future. But what I want to do is to fill the void of knowledge in book form on as much of the intelligence and insights trade promotion can and will generate to satisfy the end goal of engaging, converting, and sustaining the customer relationships for your products, your store, and your client base. And maybe we'll have some fun along the way. eh? So watch for more about the book as we near our publication date, which is hopefully a target in October. So we're coming up on it. Check out all the updates on my website, handpromotion.com, as well as my LinkedIn pages and Twitter account. We will also be populating a new website dedicated to the book soon, and I'll alert everyone through these same links about all that. Now, the book has my two cents on trade promotion, and you'll like it. You may not agree with everything there, and smarter people than me will chime in on the various topics, but that's exactly what I'm hoping for, and that's a good thing, right? So that's it for now, and thanks so much for listening in. Check out my other Trade Scope podcast wherever you get your podcast content, and please read my blogs and papers on andpromotion.com. Until the next time, this is Rob Hand saying, be strong, be kind, be safe.